Hello and welcome to the Labyrinth of Lore. I'm Stephen. And I'm Miriam. And we are here to talk about yet more of the Eldritch Moon spoilers because while I still don't like some of the story things here, these cards are sweet. Definitely. Yep. Also, um... I think the drone pack might actually make up for the whole Emrakul thing. <laughs> I'm apparently in the minority about that, but I don't care. I like the drone pack. We'll talk about what that actually means later. You can feel whatever you want to feel about this. I love it. <laughs> love it. Okay, so before we start, quick correction about last week's episode, um, which I'm apologize for. Uh, it was 4 a.m., so I was really tired. <laughs> um, so what we were talking about uh, in this last episode, if you were listening in, um, we were talking about how, I believe it was Ken Nagel. Yeah. Who, it was the, so the thing that he had been suggesting since Fraxia was meld. No, no, since Lorwyn and Shadowmoor, but it was oh in my the God. design document. Well, because it was in the design document of New Phyrexia, but they didn't That's have double face cards at the time, so there was not even a remotely established way of potentially doing meld style cards. So Yes, and I incorrectly I incorrect what did I what was it that I said it was? Um the the weird sort of evolution from uh, Delver of Secrets in Innistrad to whatever he was, Abhorrent Researcher in Shadows over Innistrad, and then yeah. up to the Docent of Perfection in... No, what's his real name? What's his first name? Oh, no, no, yeah, it is Docent of Perfection. He just turns into something else. Because that was the one that you were really excited that about. That is the one but... I'm excited about, because it's the first time that we've seen one character, albeit a complete raving lunatic. Oh my god, yes. Uh, finally... It goes into final iteration. Yeah. Well, not even that he got went into his final iteration. We were, like, pretty sure his story finished after he became the fly. But then it was yeah. just, oh, you're going to keep running with this. <gasps> okay. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think Kaylee's playing Stardew Valley and got very angry at something. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was a very strange Yes, I would noise. like an explanation, actually. What the hell was that? Did you catch that? I, something about an axe and crops instead of a watering can? Yeah, pretty much. Wait, is that the farming game that you guys have been playing it that you've been really into? Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm only able to hear one of you at a time and you both talk. Okay. But yes, Miriam, you were correct. Got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those days. That was a rage noise, a massive rage noise. Oh, 100%. So... Yes, now that we've gotten corrections out of the way, we have a bunch of really sweet mythics to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, do you want to take the big uh, Dagron, then, since you were talking about him? Yeah, Mirrorwing Dragon. It's so pretty. Um, so Mirrorwing Dragon is three colorless, two um, mountains for a 4-5 creature... It's a dragon, a dragon. It's so pretty. Dagon. 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 So... <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. Can't so, help it. so mirroring dragon uh, has flying, and whenever a creature, <laughs> whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that targets only mirroring dragon, that player copies that spell for each other creature he or she controls that the spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. 
What? Okay, hang on. This works slightly differently than I thought it did as you were saying it. Um, and just a quick thing about the art. It's so pretty. It's like all misty and dragony. So, oh. <laughs> so this is this is similar to a couple past abilities. The first one being the weird crap that was the Ink Trader Nephilim. The only Nephilim that was even remotely playable because it was dumb and weird. Uh, if you don't know what that means, these are the four, uh, the five four-color creatures. Uh, the Ink Trader Nephilim was the one that didn't have black and was a 3-3 Nephilim and had, whenever a player plays an instant or sorcery spell, if Ink Trader Nephilim is the only target of that spell, copy the spell for each other creature that spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those creatures. That being the extreme version, we later had Zada Hedron Grider in the last block, who, whenever you, the controller of Zada, casts an instant or sorcery that targets only Zada Hedron Grinder, copy that spell for each other creature you control. This, however, is whenever a player, anyone, casts an instant or, target or spell that targets only Mirrorwing Dragon, that player copies all spells for each other creature. That means just, oh, I, I cast murder? All of your creatures die? <laughs> or but... you could bulk the living shit out of them. Oh, damn it. Hang on. That's That's 40-something. 40 40-something 40 wow. because I forgot to set a end time on the last one. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to go find that. Sorry. Okay, but yeah. So this might be a really bad card. I get why it's mythic, because that's a mythic effect, but that might be a really bad card. It's the kind of card where, like, you really need to think about what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Because you And then also think about what it? your opponent's going to do with it, because it won't be anything good. Yeah. Like, it could go, it could be either really awesome or just really terrible. Yup. Um... But yeah, it is some really sweet art, and yeah. I like that they're in, still in keeping with the very strange design of Innistrad's dragons. Mm -hmm. But I would like to move on to the Grim Flare. I'll admit, this is actually one of the cards that I have not read yet, which is part of why I wanted to read it. <laughs> so, it is a 2-2 human warrior mythic for a black and a green with trample. So far this seems kind of meh, definitely not mythic. Whenever Grim Flayer deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library. Of your library, put any number of them onto, uh, into your graveyard, and the rest back on top of your library in any order. So, sort of deck thinning, but also filling your own graveyard. And Delirium, which he obviously feeds because you could put stuff into your graveyard from your library. Uh, Grim Flayer gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are four or more cards, card types among cards in your graveyard. So he becomes a 4-4 four, four with tra Trample, and now I'm hiccuping and dying. Hang on. <laughs> Please take this now, Miriam. <laughs> so he becomes a 4, what is it? 4-4 uh, four, four with Trample um, once you have those four card types among your graveyards. So, Sorry about uh, that. <laughs> no worries. That, that was bad. Yeah, so he seems pretty good. <laughs> Don't like, die. He's, he's a good low drop that maintains usefulness throughout the game. So, And I mean, frankly, with decks like Dredge, and with any sort... Frankly, he gives you just sort of an amount of uh, 
deck control that you don't often see in green and black, so I think he'll actually be pretty interesting. I don't see anything particularly interesting in his art or his flavor, to be completely honest. I mean, that face? He's he's a man with an axe and some white gloves that I'm willing to bet he took off someone brutally. I'm gonna guess vampire. Probably. But because I don't think vampires are wearing a delicate glove. There are human nobles. That's true. There are human, yeah, there are human nobles on Innistrad, but I don't think vampires bleed on Innistrad. It occurs to me we've not, never actually seen one cut open except for Soren, and that was when Avison was tripping on Emrakul's I don't even know what. Basically, she was tripping craziness. Yeah, so that's I don't not think a... I could say the original word I was going to say, so I'm not going to say it. Thank you for not. So yeah, I don't think that would work very well. But <laughs> I feel like we have to have a jar whenever I, I say the, the, the S word. I just that, swears like, I that are not on the extra bits. Yeah, like I have to like pay a quarter into this jar for every uh, episode for every single time you have to go back and edit it out. Uh when we go when we make it back to the second extra bits, remind me to tell you about the dumb thing about the I'm trying to pick a new thing for the game I was playing during the extra bits and I have some bad choices, and I need help making which one is the least bad. Fair enough. Just remind me about that. So, uh, <laughs> do you want to take the blue or the white one next? Because I, I think we should about... split the black one. I was going to uh, do the white one first. Okay, sorry. There's so... blue, white, and there's also the sweet green one as well. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah, um, I, I so... might want to steal the green one. That is okay. Thank you. So, I'm going to talk about Deploy the Gatewatch. Which is a fairly impressive game, if nothing else. Pretty much. It's like we said, it's like we knew Jace summoned the Gatewatch to come to his aid. Because he can't handle it on his own, and he's going a little bit batty himself. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that apparent that in the stories, they actually go out of their way to point out that uh, Jace was mostly okay with fighting Kozilek and Ulamog with his group of buddies. But mm -hmm. when it's him, Soren, and uh, uh, Tomio. Tomio seeing Emrakul, just actually seeing Emrakul almost screwed him up. Because he was just like, uh, I don't know if we can handle this. Like, four people took out two titans. Mm -hmm. And two of these people that are with him now, at least one of them is provably more powerful. And frankly, I'd bet that Tomio is significantly more powerful than Jace. Like, oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So those three against Less one Titan, and his response is, "I don't think we can live." So <laughs> that makes me happy that they're actually trying to play up this idea of Emrakul as a threat. Maybe yeah. they won't kill her, but we'll see. <sighs> All right. Sorry, so, I'll stop ranting about that now. It is okay. So what we're gonna talk about? So deploy the Gatewatch for colorless two planes, um, and this is a sorcery. So look at the top seven cards of your library, put up to two Planeswalker cards from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This does seem really good. Yeah, so let me let me get to the flavor text real quick. Sorry. Gideon and Liliana may not have seen eye to eye, but that did not stop them from fighting side by side. And quite literally, that's what we have. Gideon looks like he's about to punch something. Liliana's got yes. her horde of the undead. It's a good day for a fight. And it should be pointed out that, uh, one, we're getting a new oath 
of Liliana as well. Yeah, and so that, she might be joining. Well, Gatewatch. no, no, we know she is. That's she has her oath for joining the Gatewatch. Well, yes, but I, we haven't talked about it yet. Well, no, I was going to read like... it off next, but I was going to also. Okay. But before I read it off, I was going to point out that most of the, actually, I think all the oaths. I've been a little bit screwed up after the Manipool did three episodes where they talked about making their own oaths for all the other planeswalkers that exist. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember what mechanics actually exist in oaths and what don't. I mean, Mythic Spoiler is comparing uh, Deploy the Gatewatch to Oath of Nyssa, yeah. if well, that well, rings any bells to you. No, no, no. So, I, I'm, there are, f there are now five oaths. The thing I don't remember is if all of the oaths work exactly the way I think, which I think most of them do, which is at the beginning of some step, the oaths, well, they haven't entered the battlefield effect, and then they have a thing where they check and see how many planeswalkers you have, uh, how many planeswalkers entered the battlefield. Mm -hmm. So, deploy the gatewatch is basically, hey, you know all those oaths you get? Uh, oh no, it's only if a planeswalker entered the battlefield. That's annoying. Yeah. You. That's kind of dumb that you only get one trigger off of all the oaths for that, but oh well. The mm -hmm. Oath of Liliana is for two generic and black. It is a legendary enchantment. It is a rare. When Oath of Liliana enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. That actually seems pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, for that three... would make sense, because yeah. she's like, hello, I've come. I'm gonna take your, take your creatures. For and three I... mana, just everyone loses something. And pretty then... Much. At the beginning of each end step, if a planeswalker entered the battlefield under your control this turn, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token on the battlefield with the flavor text, I'll keep watch. Happy now? So much sass. I know. This is even better than, like, even Chandra's was kind of sassy. Because <laughs> it was, if it means that people can live in freedom, yeah, I'll keep watch. She's the only one who has, like, a yeah. But... Everyone else's are all these, like, like Gideon's, for justice and peace, I will keep watch. But yeah, I like yeah. Liliana's best so far. I gotta love a little sass. She's oh. such a diva. Like, the woman is a diva personified. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's also wearing the headdress of an um, angel she murdered, so... I know, right? Yeah. Along... As I said, yeah. I love a little bit of a diva who can make an entrance. Yep. And throw down good. some sass. Yep, yep. All the sass. <laughs> I can appreciate her. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just, like, you jumped the gun a smidge. Uh, do you want me to even, I'll even, I'll, how would I talk about Liliana, since she is... Oh, yeah, sure. Now, we now just, know that she is a planeswalker for this. We knew she was. We just we knew she was going to actual card to get like, spoiled. The story uh, in Shadows of Her Innistrad made it sound like she was kind of beating around the bush, like, well... It's not really going to help me, so why am I going to help him? But then realized, oh wait, Innistrad is kind of my new home now. I think okay, it was more of just like, it didn't, Soren being complainy didn't matter to her, and Avison killing people didn't really matter her, to her, because it just meant more angel, more uh, zombies for her. Yeah, and she, she likes a zombie horde. Oh, and it should be pointed out that the reason why she is called her name, which Miriam will read off, uh, is because she has discovered, or I guess sort of discovered, that for some reason, the one thing that Emrakul cannot horribly mutate, probably because she can't speak into whatever limited amount of mind it may have, is zombies. So she has raised an army of zombies. 
That is why uh, she has this so subtitle. And so also, there's even an entire story where they talked about this, where they decided to not spoil her card, but instead spoil a different card. It was that red-black vampire. I don't know it's why. So nice. Um, again, Liliana bringing all the diva action. Oh, Seriously, yeah. the woman can pose. Um, so the planeswalker is Liliana Last Hope for one colorless and two swamps. One generic. Sorry, one Just generic. Just want to make sure because colorless is actually a cost now. And yeah. yeah. So one generic, two swamps. Um, this is the planeswalker Liliana. Oh, you may have lost Miriam again. I'm here. Yep. Crap, seems like we have lost Miriam again. Hello? Hello? But the Houston? call is still going, so I'm pretty sure she's still I there. I can hear you. But her Wi-Fi is being Satan. So ah, why does Satan Wi-Fi? Liliana, the last hope. God damn it, uh, surprise, I can hear you. She's a planeswalker, Liliana, comes <sighs> in with three loyalty. I'm very afraid that Miriam can hear me now and is screaming because she's accidentally muted herself or something. Wait, wait, did I turn down my volume? Can you hear me? Maybe I turned down my volume and I just couldn't hear you. Can you can you hear me now? I can, yes. Oh, so you probably heard me like, ah, god no, damn it, no, I'm I did here. Not. I did not. <laughs> I didn't hear anything at all. That totally happened. Over. I think it just happened. Yep, yep. I have now figured out the root cause. I was gonna say like I can hear if I can hear you, then Wi-Fi is still okay. Uh, the, there, <laughs> you kept talking. There are volume controls on the headphone thing and it's just a dial and it gets bumped easily and just randomly gets very very quiet okay so just a warning when you guys listen to this you're gonna hear me fla verbally flailing into the microphone like what is going on that's why i was trying to not say anything actually about her just like she's the last hope she's a planeswalker liliana like like most of her planeswalkers she comes in with three loyal i think actually all of her planeswalkers she comes in with three loyalty I don't think Liliana Vest came in with three, but that might be the only one. Yeah. Um, but I'm Yeah, here. Liliana Vest came in with five, but every other Liliana Planeswalker comes in with three loyalty. Okay, so Liliana, the last hope. <laughs> so for plus one, you can up to... So for plus one, up to one target creature gets minus two plus one until your next turn. Um, cool. So for minus two, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Sounds about right. Um, and then for a minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put a specific, put an, any number, two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield, where the number is two plus the number of zombies you control. That okay. is the most complex thing you could possibly do. Literally. So you can put a number of 2-2 two, two black zombie creatures, but only if... But so it... Okay. So it sounds like you have to already have zombies on the battlefield before you can actually implement this. Um, this there's, thing. there's also a lot of zombies already, so yeah. I don't think that's going to be a big concern. Not really. I mean, there's, gonna, there's certain things where you can basically just be like... Oh, zombie token, zombie token, zombie token, zombie token. It should Ready also be pointed out, this is her ultimate, and you should generally not expect to get the ultimate. Yeah, but it could be kind of useful, because it's not just like, it's two plus the number you already have. So you just get two more for luck. Yeah. And um, so that so let's say you have a six, you can literally just make another eight. 
because it's 2 plus the number you already control, so you're essentially doubling plus 2 the amount you already have, which is kind of cool. So, like, oh, you think I have this many zombie armies? I raise another half an army. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's my favorite Liliana ever, but then again, we've had Liliana of the Veil, which was broken. And, I mean, even Liliana Vest was pretty sweet. I didn't like Dark Realms, but that's because that was a weird card. I don't think she's bad. I don't think she's my favorite Liliana ever is the problem. That's fair enough. I mean, even just with her minus two, her, like, middle loyalty, I guess, it's it's cool, but it's not, like, the hugest thing that she could do. I mean, it's pretty decent. It's card advantage. It's basically getting you to... Uh, it's sort of letting you draw a card. It's letting you go... Yeah. Look at the top two cards of your library. One of them is going in my hand, and one of them is going in my graveyard. No, 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 or, no, no, sorry, no. Sorry, 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 no, yes, no, that's not sorry. it. You're discarding two cards from your yeah. library, but you and can... then you're raising a creature from the graveyard. Yeah, and if one of those cards was a creature, you can still take the creature. Yeah. So. Sorry, I mean... no. I was like, I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. But I still think it's pretty good, to be completely honest. Decent, not the most like. Oh my god! Yeah. Not broken, but definitely playable in a way that'll be fun. Yeah. Alright, do you want to take the next card? Uh, if by next card you mean the spider, yes. Please, go for it. Okay. I don't like spiders, so... I don't particularly care for spiders either, but this one is amazing. Okay, <clears throat> let me try and parse out how to pronounce this name before I say it out loud. Ishkana, Graf Widow. It is a legendary mythic spider for four generic and a green. It is a 3-5 with reach. It also has delirium. When Ishkana Graf Widow enters the battlefield, if there are four or more cards, uh, card types among cards in your graveyard, put three one, two green spider creature tokens with reach onto the battlefield. And then for six generic and a black, Target opponent loses one life for each spider you control. Spider Ooh. Commander deck. Do it. Do it. Ugh. Do it. This art is so gross. I want to see if there... This art is beautiful. She's, like, taken over a cemetery and is spinning webs all over everything. It's amazing, and I love Count it. Count the arms. I know it has extra arms. It's But the thing is, like, there's the spider... There's the arachnid arms, and then, like, the humanoid arms yep. from, the like, the thorax. And yep. I'm just, like... Oh, really quickly, before I forget, yeah. um, in one of the access magic things that they did about Eldritch Moon, they mentioned that they do actually have a full-on breakdown of, it's a multi-point, uh, uh, I think it's a 0 to 5 or a 1 to 5 scale for how the Eldrazi corrupt things, or how specifically Emrakul is corrupting things and how she warps them. So, like, a 1 being normal and 5 being almost completely unrecognizable. So, say, Uvenwald Abomination, which will be my next card after this. Or the back half of my next card. So, like, what was the horrifying vampire we talked about last time? Oh, she, bugger, what was that? She had, like, one extra arm to start with. So... Yeah, no, oh, god, oh, what, what uh, was that card? Voldenrath um, uh, Pariah. So, extra, like, fingers, extra eyes that aren't too out of place, think, small things like that, or like a one on the scale, or a two, 
uh, Voldenrath Pariah that has one extra arm and then a little bit of tentacles coming out of her side would be like a two or a three. And then the thing she turns into, Abolisher of Bloodlines, is barely recognizable, so probably it would be a four on this scale. Yeah. Oh, Voldaren Pariah, not Voldenrath. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Voldaren. Voldaren. Um, yeah. yeah, like, creepy. Beautifully creepy. Yeah. So just, that is an actual scale that they've established, and that's terrifying that they needed to do that, but awesome. It, it definitely adds for really cool art, and then you can see how they choose to warp stuff, like, it's cool, because, like, the cards will start maybe, like, a one or a two if they're feeling daring, and then just get horrifying. And it's beautiful. And it makes me happy. There's another Minus card this- yeah, there's another... Ishkana, Graf Widow. Cause... There's, there's another card that I'm going to want to talk about that about half of it is like, oh, that's a totally normal dude. And then you get to the second half and it's just like, what are you? <laughs> um, Is this, hang on, is that Grizzled Angler? No, but that one is amazing too. Uh, I believe this is your turn to grab, do you want that last blue mythic? Yeah, uh, Mind's Dilation. Yep, I actually have not even read what it does, so this will be a surprise to me too. Okay, so Mind's Dilation, which is a five generic, not colorless, five generic, um, two island. Uh, so it's an enchantment. So whenever an opponent casts his or her first spell each turn, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Ooh. So the flavor text. Infinite wisdom cannot be contained within a single mind. I dig it. I'm confused about what's going on here, but not enough that I want to actually find out that much, because I feel like it would eat me. Okay. Oh, you mean of the card or, like, what's actually happening? What's going on in the art and how it relates to what the card does? I don't know, but that's, like, really fun in 3D. Yeah. Like, it looks rounded and stretchy. I like that it's also just sort of a weird version, well, it's a less strange version of uh, Knowledge Pool, which is the card that should not exist because it's dumb. Was this a tree? I can't tell if it's a tree. That's a human. No, but like... That's a human who's got like bits of themselves extending outwards from them, or maybe is absorbing other people. But the thing is, for me, I can't quite tell, and I'm always like, ooh, I want to know what it is. But I'm not sure. Uh, art is by Ian McCaig. Uh, yeah, very interesting style. Very Scottish name. <laughs> Let's see. The spelling here. is. Alright. Um, I'm willing to bet this is going to be one of those dumb cards that doesn't see a ton of play, but is probably amazing and does something impressive in casual. The thing is, like, it's a little on the higher cost, like, for seven total. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm saying casual. Yeah, like... Like, this will probably be the bane of some commander tables. Oh, definitely, but it doesn't... I don't think you'd be able to see it in, like, casual play. No. Just because... Well, no, no, that's just it. I think it will only see play in casual play. Because people... It's... Hmm? No, please go ahead. I I think it's only going to see play in casual because it doesn't... It's not a game-winning effect, like some of the other massively overcosted... Well, not massively overcosted, the massively expensive blue cards. Mm -hmm. But... It's seven, which is basically where a lot of commander decks are like, yeah, I'm okay with playing multiple seven drops a turn. Yeah. So I think this will probably be a casual only card, and we'll see some interesting strangeness. 
Definitely. Because that's also a format where it won't be horribly broken. It basically people will be able to go, okay, yes, you get my, I can afford to keep playing tiny something or other spells and then playing some big stupid thing anyway. Yeah. So it won't be horribly broken. No, and because I think the cost it's cost inhibitive, cost inhibited for it being a broken card. Like if that was like oh yeah a four maybe. That would edge into broken territory. Uh, I think if that was six, it could be broken. Four <laughs> is just like, screw you and your game. That That's basically counter the first spell everyone plays a turn. <laughs> that is counter the first spell anyone plays a turn. Again, broken. Yeah. But I think that's or, sorry, not for mind not, stylation. Not counter. I. It's basically just start messing with your opponent's deck. But I yeah. think it will be a thing in casual and be weird and goofy and strange. Yeah. Um, well, that is... kind of sums up mind stylation for me. What was the card that I was going to talk about next? Uh, no. Oh, it was just going to be the common, because uh, Uvenwald Captive for one generic and a green, it's a creature werewolf horror, it's a 1-2 with defender, and tap, add one green to your mana pool, or pay five generic and two green, transform Uvenwald captive. By the way, it has the wonderful flavor text. Even on a plane as dark as this one, nature will organize a defense against the unnatural Nissa Ravain. At which point it turns into the Uvenwald abomination, which sort of has, like, arms and legs, but at that point is pretty much the only recognizable thing on it, which is why I would say that this would be a five on that scale. There it is. It I was trying to find it. A creature Eldrazi werewolf for six. You can tap it to add two colorless to your mana pool. The Eldrazi are all too practiced at twisting nature into unnatural. Ah, uh, Steven and your werewolves. I love my werewolves. And I actually really like werewolves, which is part of why I was <laughs> saying that I love the drone pack. For those of you who are not aware of what that means, there is a thing of the drone pack, a new uh, howl pack made up entirely of Eldrazi corrupted werewolves. <laughs> it's wonderful and I love it. I was going to say, doesn't that satisfy all your wildest dreams? Yes, because it also is, there's the real werewolves are fighting against them. I see no problem with this. It's wonderful. <laughs> I know some okay. people don't like the new werewolves, but I don't care. I love them. They make up for almost everything else in this damn set. Okay, so if, if you're going to talk about, um, oh, what is it? Ulvenwald, um, Captive. Yeah. Then I get to talk about the one that has been making me go squeak. I don't know what that is, but okay. Yes, you do. We literally talked about it beforehand. I have blocked it out of my mind or actually forgotten. I really don't remember. Okay, that's all right. Can I go ahead and talk about it? Yeah, I was waiting for you to tell me. Harmless offering! Oh, God. It's not harmless. It has a snake for a tail. But it's a little kitty. Look at its face. <laughs> the eyes. The eyes, Stephen. Yes, I know. They call to you, and it's like, be my friend. It's donated in the right color. <laughs> Still rare for some reason, but yeah. Okay, it, let me let me just like I'll I'll give you the quick breakdown on this, and the flavor text will support my like girlish squee. It has a snake for a tail. I don't care. Look at its little eyes. <laughs> okay, so harmless offering, uh, two generic one mountain it's a sorcery so target opponent gains control of target permanent you control and the flavor text 
such an adorable face. That's literally how I feel about this card. Yeah, it's it's, it's donate like, in the correct color. It's like this little ginger kitten, except when you look at it, it has a snake tail. And the guy who's holding it has clearly been bitten on the thumb by it. Exactly. So it's, it's not like, poisonous. Take this damn thing. It's not a poisonous snake. Or it's slowly it poisonous, just... and he just doesn't know he's dying. Exactly. It just. I know it's not the best card, but it's so cute. Let's be honest, the way this card is going to be used, the flavor is that he's now slowly dying and doesn't realize it. Exactly. Yeah. It's just so cute. This is going to be a thing that appears in Zedru, the Great-Hearted decks, and everyone's going to regret it, and no one's going to care because it's going to be adorable. Pretty much. I like, I, again, I know I'm being so stereotypically girling right now, but it's a kitty. So, the thing <laughs> I was talking about that was... Uh, strange, and was like, oh, you're kind of, oh, god, no, you're not, was <laughs> Emrakul's Evangel for two generic and a green. It's a creature oh, it human is. horror. It's a rare, and, oh, god. It's Ugh. a 3-2 with tap, sacrifice, Emrakul's Evangel, and any number of other non-Eldrazi creatures put a 3-2 colorless Eldrazi horror creature token onto the battlefield for each creature sacrificed this way. Uh, in times like these, be particularly wary of those who claim they can save your soul. Uh, Elena Trapper of Kessig. Oh my god, it's her, it's Elena! She was in the very first uh, story in Shadows of Renistrad. Yup. Yeah, she's, it's my girl! She's a badass. And Gotta she's love at least you. right now still alive. So far. And What just, is it, Hal, Hal and Elena? I think those were the two characters? Yep. And I like that her big thing is that it's just the evangelist like, I can save your soul. And once he's got enough of them around him, he's just like, guess what? By save, I meant we're all becoming Eldrazi horrors. Let's do this. Um, it's like, you, you, you are also... drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, uh, don't forget to, ne uh, don't neglect to mention the baptism. Yes, that he is. baptism. He is, he, one side of him is Eldrazi hands. The other side is mostly normal. The Eldrazi hand side is <laughs> baptizing a man by shoving his face down into a pool of water that is probably not really water. It's like, you might survive the baptism. I don't, you might not. I don't think that person is still alive. Probably not. Also, there's other stuff going on in that art down at the bottom that's hard to tell because it's tiny and this is a not great picture of it. Okay, so if we're talking card art, um, Eldritch Evolution, which is just below it. We've talked about Eldritch Evolution. Did we? Yeah, but that card yeah. art is still amazing. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's like the back end of a boar. And but like, sort of like an Eldrazi boar coming out of the weird thing that used to be its innards. It literally looks like squishy blueberries. Yeah, it's like the, the inside of the boar has turned into bizarre, giant, luminescent blueberries, and this <laughs> Eldrazified boar is coming out of it. Yes, it's got like two extra set of tusks, tentacle eyes, it's, it... um, another set of ears, and it's glowing with like fiendish glee and like purple glowing things where its eyes should be but also not evenly spaced properly beautifully tentacly yeah again the art in this set say what you will about the whole about like the storyline the art is so cool and the concept behind the art is really fun yeah i'm still quite happy that it does seem like the eldrazi are being shaped as we hoped by coming to the horror plane and not just becoming... They are not becoming just the same Eldrazi that we keep seeing. They are instead actually being horrifying, and it's terrifying, and I love it! Yeah. 
So it's it's not quite as like oh god, what is it? It's not quite as tame, but it's like it's glorious. It's not even like it's not as tame. It's you don't just have oh, it's a tentacly mass with some bizarre geometric shapes. It's you have these little pieces that are still recognizable of that was once a werewolf. I can sort of tell what's going on here, what used to be here. But that's what makes it that much better exactly. because it's creepier. Yeah, they're because not... you can see it's not like this unidentifiable monster. It's oh no, this thing gross. used to be Bob. Oh God, Bob! Mm. Why, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> uh, was that my oh. card or was that yours? I actually forgot. Uh, uh, uh... Nope, that was me pointing out just an art that I was like, yeah. "Ooh, this is cool." So, what would you um, like to grab as your next card? Distended Mindbender. Um, what color is that? It is uh, an Eldrazi, so it is colorless. It's... Oh, it's a full-on Eldrazi? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, it's the horrifying one. Yeah, it's the one that I'm just like, oh god, why? Oh, it's so pretty. Be- because reasons. <laughs> because reasons. Because... And reasons. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's like the Eldrazi, the distended mindbender is the color of a raisin. It's horrifying. That's what you're getting out of that? Me? I mean, look at the face. There are way more things you should be paying attention to before it's the color of a raisin. (laughs) Like the tentacles, or the wrapping around someone's head, or the fusing into someone's face, or whatever that horrible crown-like thing that looks like it's eating his brain is. (laughs) I'm sorry, I think this set is getting to me a little bit. Like I'm reveling in the, like, the gruesome beautiful horror of it that's not terrifying at all no not at all not in the slightest i think somehow like my personality through the podcast is emerging as like la 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 la, blood and guts and gore la 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 la. i was gonna go for the uh crap what's it called (laughs) um if you've ever watched the meet the blank series you are the pyro from the meet the pyro like, it, it, I hear Haley in the background. Yeah, I, I'm actually not sure what's going on there. But so go watch when we're done with this. Everyone go watch Meet the Pyro. Or if you're listening, just pause it. And there's this thing where the the Pyro from TF2, basically, you're looking at the world that everyone else is seeing, where the Pyro is chasing people down and setting them on fire and doing horrible things. And then you look at the world that the Pyro is seeing, and they're like, blowing bubbles and everyone looks like fat baby cherubs that they're just sort of like pushing around <laughs> oh my god that is totally me exactly that is totally exactly. me oh i promise um in real life i'm not quite this scatty but because we've been uh podcasting at weird hours it tends to like appear I, um I, I don't know Haley, are you dying Ask, ask Haley if she would describe me as slightly nutty at times. Would you describe uh, Miriam as slightly nutty at times? What? Would you describe Miriam as slightly nutty at times? Sure we all are. <laughs> That's very helpful, thank you. Her description no, is sure we all are. I mean, we established, though, that Haley is the most sane out of the three of us. That's well, not saying a ton. No, but it, it's it's definite. Oh, she's doing fishing in Stardew Valley, which is a massive pain in the butt. Okay. Um. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the dogs who are also going... Nope, I could totally hear them, so that means our listeners can. I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> okay, so back on topic. My reasony friend, distended mind bender. You are. What is wrong with you? Too much to comment on today. <laughs> Apparently. Um. So, distended mind bender is eight generic to cast, and it is an Eldrazi insect creature, and it's five five. So, with emerge, which costs five. Uh, generic and two swamp. Uh, you can cast this spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost. Reduced by that creature's converted mana cost, which we've talked about last time. So when you cast Distended Mindbender, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose from it a non-land card with a converted mana cost three or less, and a card with converted mana cost four or greater. That player discards those cards. That seems so decent. Yeah, so I mean, you can cast it for less with a merge, which is cool, and yeah. so you have to sacrifice a creature, but then you can cost Distended Mindbender for less, and then you can get rid of two cards from your opponent's hand, which is pretty sweet. And then you have a 5-5 Eldrazi Insect, which is terrifying looking. Just a bit. Because, I mean, as Steven was describing it, uh, it looks like you have a townsperson getting their brain ate by some sort of horrifying eight. 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 Uh, eight. Eight. <laughs> eight. eight? I don't know eight. what I'm going with here. I just don't know. I don't know either. I wasn't sure where you were going either. I mean, well, it's best to I, not there's a lot of people from Minnesota uh, hey, in my program. Minnesota. I was about to say, what should you say? My family's from Minnesota. Hmm? Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to say, like, they have the most <laughs> delightful accents. I was just going to give you crap, but okay, fine. Fine. Oh, see, I was, I was meaning that completely, like, sincerely they I, have lovely accents i just wanted to give you crap but fine make my life harder oh of course <laughs> so <sighs> my so my raisin friend is eating a town's person it's not a raisin it's a raisin it's not a raisin i'm gonna call this one the raisin card from now on um and there's like horrifying there's like this mouth that you can't quite tell if like where it starts and where the person's head begins, which is really great. Lots of spiny teeth and pointy articulated spider joints. Oh, and the townsperson who is currently being nommed on, their hand is like reaching out towards the forefront of the card. Oh, um, please, oh God, help me. Literally, know, it's like the gnarled fingers of agony, like, ah, I'm dying, help. And it's it's a cool looking card. Again, it's one of those really great. Um, so it's an Eldrazi, which is kind of fun. Um, really, how the Eldrazi are uh, in this, are interacting in this, is really cool. So yeah. it's horror-y. It's not Very. quite the same. Um, you don't get. Oh, what was it? Uh, like last set, the Eldrazi. Oh, bugger! What was the name of the set? Uh, remember the last one with eldrazi yeah uh oath of the gatewatch thank you they were spinier yeah like the art style was spinier whereas this is a much more organic horror style yeah because they're gen in general they are erupting out of people well yes i know but like it it makes me think of like the creatures from the matrix versus like somewhat something someone whipped up in a creature shop are the creatures from the matrix do you mean those weird robot things that yes. no one wants to talk about because that was dumb? Yes. At the end of the first movie. Oh, I meant, like, the 
things that were the main enemies for the second and third movies that no one yes, wants to talk about because the they were is, dumb. They're, they're introduced at the end of the first movie. And they were dumb. I completely agree with you. Sorry, I just... But that's not the point. I was talking about the style of them. They're, yeah. all, they're, they're kind of like metallic and spiny is yeah. how these they make me think, whereas the Eldrazi in this set are very like... Yes, I understand they're erupting from people's bodies most of the time, but they have a much more organic shape, like curly, writhing tentacles and strange blues and greens, which is, honestly, it's like a B-movie horror trope. Like, those yeah, but it's... specific colorings, it makes me think of, like, that artificially colored um, monsters that you get from, like, the B-movies from the 70s and 80s. I can agree with that, but at the same time, done with a better budget and better purpose yeah they're not it's not like a cheesy thing it's like oh cool this is creepy but it's it's definitely that color palette yeah um but yeah your turn okay uh i had one what was oh i was just gonna do eh, i probably should do a better one than that um <laughs> let's see because i brought out my raisin friend yeah heck i you did the last Planeswalker, so I'll do the other one. Tamiyo, field researcher. Hey, guess what? She's bad now, not blue, which means I get to hate her less. Yes. <laughs> so, for a generic green, white, and blue, we have a Planeswalker Tamiyo. Like her original card, she once again has four loyalty when she enters. Her plus one is choose up to two target creatures. Until next turn, whenever either one of those creatures deals combat damage, you draw a card. Uh, hang on. Yeah, so your next turn. So you can even just go, hey opponent, remember, I'm choosing these two. If you attack me with them, I still get to draw a card. So that could actually be pretty good. Uh, minus two. Tap up to two target non-land permanents. They don't untap during their controller's next untap step. It's a nice, like, freeze effect. I think that's actually going to be pretty decent as well. It's just an easier way for her to protect herself. And then for minus seven, which, again, I don't think you should ever really count on it, but I guess it's entirely possible she could get there. Uh, draw three cards. You get an emblem with you may cast non-land cards from your hand without paying their mana costs. Oh, God, that's beautiful. She literally gives you an omniscience uh, emblem. Oh, that's so great. It's like, oh, there's a thing. I can use the thing. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. Again, it's it's not something that you're probably going to get to. Um, but man, that's cool. Yeah, and it basically makes her a massive threat because your opponent has to deal with, oh, God, if I don't deal with that Tamiyo, he's going to do this horrible thing. I think she is... Surprisingly, I think she is better than Liliana, and yes. I think she's going to be pretty good. Um, okay, who do you think is going to be the most, who, which Planeswalker so far that we've seen, because we've seen everyone at this point, who do you think we're going to get this, the best playability out of? Uh, definitely Tamiyo. Also, where in the blue hell is, damn it, what's his name? Tybalt. I wanted my Tybalt. <laughs> This is um, well, only partially joking. Sadly, did. sadly, he gets killed by Romeo. Um, you know what I meant. I know exactly. See, you were trying to make, you were trying to give me 
um, a hard time, so I get to do it right back. I was being completely Plus, honest, I... though. He's he, he, yes, his card was crap. His card was complete and utter crap. But we agreed that he had the coolest art style, and I feel like I would want to buy him a beer. He was a dapper bugger, and I wanted to see more of him getting to be more dapper while surrounded by Eldrazi. I will say, kind of sexy. I mean, he is part devil, but otherwise, yeah. yeah. No one's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes a bad boy. <laughs> I mean, I mean there, there are yeah. probably worse problems to have. I can't think of any, but there probably are. Oh, I'll you're you're okay. only you're only literally a devil because the devils thought you tortured people better than they did. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, okay." We actually talked about him. Oh goodness, a while ago. We did ago. talk about him in a later in an episode that we did where we like we waxed poetic on him. He's awesome. I'm just sticking with that. That's the important part you need to know. Yes. Um. Hum. Dum. 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 Let me see. I'm trying to figure I, I, out what sorry, else. Sorry, sorry. To, to clarify, he is awesome. His card is crap. Just cool 100%. Arts, cool art, cool story, not a cool, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Card. Oh, well, no, it's like, um, execution. Yeah. Cool art, cool story, execution of the card itself. Not good. Meh. They, okay, they so... wanted to make a two-cost card. They made a two-cost Planeswalker. It was not a good idea. Mm. Um, sorry, I was slightly distracted. Uh, so Stitcher's Graft was one of the ones that we had in another, in, um, I think that one was in Cyrillic? It was in something we could not understand, but Cyrillic yeah. does sound like it was probably I think correct. that one was in Cyrillic, and even though it's like a little one, uh, it's just like a one generic artifact, it's kind of cool because you get to see a little bit more of, like, how the Stitchers do their thing. It's not that generic. I mean... Well, no, I mean, like, it's a one generic to play it, but... Oh, oh, yeah, In yeah, the yeah. art style, you get to see a little bit... For me, I kind of like Gisa and Garolf, so seeing how they do their their, their craziness um, is always really cool to me and how that's explored in the artwork. It should be said that this is just Garolf because Gisa's a caller, not a yes. Stitcher. But no, but for both of them. I like how they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, like, we got Ghoul... She him about not being able to whistle. Yeah, and but we got Ghoul Caller's Bell, which is mm -hmm. the way that Gisa would do this in exactly. the original in Estrada, I think. Oh, God. That almost makes me think of, like, Sabriel, where, but instead of, like, calling, she banishes. Did you ever read that series by Garth Nix? I did not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, Necromancer, she has, like, seven bells... And it's her duty, she's the Abhorsen, so it's her duty to send uh, the dead back into, like, the other world, to be dead. Okay. Um, and she uses bells to do that. So, whereas Gisa might, like, bring them back. Yeah. Uh, if uh, Sabriel the Abhorsen was in this realm, she'd send them back. Okay. That's, that seems to make a good amount of sense. Yeah, no, it just, it was something that I always thought was kind of cool, with, like, each of the seven bells did something different, and, like, you had to be careful using certain bells, or else it would pull the caster into the other world as well. That sounds horrifying. Oh, great story. Uh, the first one took me a little bit to, like, I had to read it twice before I really got into the series, but I liked them. We should actually talk about what this card does. I know, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is I your card, so, so talk I about get, it. I get distracted, you know that. 
Um, so Stitcher's Graft, uh, when generic to cast, it's an artifact and it's an equipment. So when you equip it, the equipped creature gets plus three, plus three. Whenever equipped creature attacks, it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Whenever Stitcher's Graft becomes unattached from permanent, sacrifice that permanent. And then you equip it, you can use two generic to equip. It seems pretty good, to be completely honest. It's mm -hmm. like a grafted war gear style equipment, I guess. Oh, Literally. speaking of which, yeah, there it is down there. Yeah. I wasn't even looking at it. Ha ha! It's so great. I love how Mythic Spoiler will do that, where they'll like they'll pull up a like, oh, these are things that are similar. Yeah. So you can kind of see how it's evolved from there. It's really cool. It's one of my favorite yeah. things that they actually do. Yep, and in this you can kind of see how um, Geralt would have put together one of his constructs. Yep. Well, speaking of Stitchers, the next one I'd actually like to talk about is a Stitcher's poorly thought out idea on how to create their own werewolf. Namely, Lupine Prototype. So, okay. for two generic, it is an artifact creature wolf construct. It's a rare. It's a 5-5 five, oh, five for two generic, because oh, Lupine yes. Prototype can't attack or block unless a player has no cards in hand. Okay. Ludwig saw it in a dream and set to work immediately. Every detail already known. Can such genius be taught? He literally built a robot suit and shoved a wolf into it. It's like a cyborg wolf. It's not even it's a disgusting. werewolf. It's, I put this wolf in a robot. That was his genius. The man is insane. But, like, again, really cool art style. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is amazing. That's why God, I'm talking about it. It's, it's beautiful. so cool. Um, you get a little bit of a mix of technology and, like, God. I just, I'm loving how they're playing some of this off. Yeah. It's so cool. Definitely one of my favorite cards that we've seen. Mm hmm. Um, I don't really have any other cards that were, like, in the forefront of my mind, like, we need to talk about these. Um, um, I'm scrolling back up to look through the cards just to see if anything jumps out at me specifically. But it's also, like, we did talk about a fair few last um, last episode. Yeah, I mean... Do, 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 do. I'm just gonna say Spirit of the Hunt. I like it. It's not great. Or anything to write home about. It's just a really cool rare. Mm -hmm. uh, Spirit of the Hunt, one generic, two green. Creature, wolf, spirit, three, three with flash. When Spirit of the Hunt enters the battlefield, each other creature you control that's a wolf or werewolf gets plus zero, plus three until end of turn. It's just nice. I like it. Uh... Oh, okay. I know one that we could like. Um, Grizzled Angler. We didn't talk about that. Oh, right. Yes. I even had him up yeah. there. I was just like, I know there's one we meant to talk about. No, we, we literally were like, I, I think this was one of the things that we pointed out uh, in the pre-show where I'm like, oh, this no, is No, cool. we even talked about this in the real show. Did we really? Yes, oh, we did. Oh my gosh. Then, yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to talk about it since you had it up already? Uh, sure. So, uh, I'll take the front half if you want the back half. Sounds good. So, we have got Grizzled Angler for two generic and a blue. He is a creature human. Doesn't even have a job. He is a 2-3 uncommon. No, it says, it says what he is in I... his name. He's an angler. He's yeah, but he doesn't have a like creature type job. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm just giving him crap. Uh, so for two, uh, he is a 2-3 with tap. Put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then, if there's a colorless creature card in your graveyard, transform Grizzled Angler. 
He's one of these really cool ones that has uh, flavor text that transfers from one side to the other, which starts as, There's no question that these waters are treacherous. But if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of sailing... It's that the lure of the sea is impossible to ignore. Yeah. And Grizzled Angler turns to Grizzly Anglerfish, which is now Drowsy Fish Creature. Just the weirdest thing I have ever read I know, before. right? Um, so it's a 4-5, and then 4-6 generic, creatures your opponents, creatures your opponents control, attack this turn if able. I mean- Wait, let me read that. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, your opponents creatures. It's just like, you hit me, hit me. Hit me with your best shots. You took that a different direction, but okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know I love the 80s. I mean, I it's in my head now too, so- that makes it two for two for uh, episodes where I've gotten music stuck in Stephen's head. What was the last one? I don't even remember what I got stuck in your head last time. Oh, I just so remember helpful. you being upset about it. Um, one thing I have to say. Oh my. Okay, look at the head. Look at the like dangly proboscis of the anglerfish. Oh my goodness! How did I not notice that? Why oh did you God. point that out to me? That's horrifying. Isn't. So, um, you know how anglerfish are, so this the listeners, um, anglerfish have the bioluminescent, um, dangly bit. Uh, I guess, uh, not dangly bit is not a good uh, No, no, we're sticking lure. with, no, no, we are sticking the, with bioluminescent dangly, dangly bit. So where? Oh, <laughs> okay. Have you muted? Nope, nope, you're no, back. No, I haven't. You, did, you turned the sound down again. No, no, you just stopped talking for a second like you were horrified about bioluminescent oh, dangly bit. <laughs> I just I love the I love the fact that you're okay with me calling it the bioluminescent dangly bits. <laughs> but so for the bioluminescent dangly bit is um it's the head of the grizzled angler. Yeah, that's not terrifying at all. No. Okay, I would also like to point something out. Anglerfish, like what is on the card, are traditionally female. Uh not traditionally, they are. Yeah, they are female. They They're are female creatures. Female. And then the male is like this little bitey parasite, which literally... So, um, Vlog Brother... Uh, so Hank Green does a song about the anglerfish. Uh, and literally he puts it beautifully. So one night, a young, uh, young male bites a female on her side. Then he slowly becomes a sperm-producing parasite. Rather literally. They just literally that's it. Like they're just shunted onto the female anglerfish. Their faces actually dissolve and grow into the body of the female anglerfish, so they become they end up becoming like a secondary pair of gonads. It's remarkably disturbing. I know, right? And this one is now like a hermaphroditic He's been uh, attached anglerfish. He has become with... attached to the larger anglerfish. Exactly. And it's like an albino anglerfish. So even creepier looking. I think it's more just he has become attached to a very large Eldrazi that happens to look like a fish. I know, isn't it great though? Yeah. This poor man. So cool. This poor man. I also like that in his original art, you can see the sort of tentacly thing starting to reach over his uh, boat. Like it's around like his arm. kind of creeping up the top. Creeping like over reaching his up to his arm. Like, hey buddy. What hey. Hi. Hi. Oh my god, did you? Oh my god. This has just gotten weird. I'm not even... It really has. I think 
we're pretty much done with all of our major talking points at this point, right? Yeah, I like, mean... There's no more cards like, we really want to talk about. Not really. I mean, there's some that just have kind of cool art, but those are the ones that, um... Oh, oh excuse me. Um, <laughs> Long Night is getting to me after 4th of July yesterday. Um, weirdly enough, we had, there was a 4th of July party that they school through for the American students. I was about to ask, you're in Scotland, why on earth is there a 4th of July party? I, there are a lot of Americans in the study abroad program, so also, we had, there is... Also, I, all I can think of now, because Archer is 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's like, there's some cool art, but there's nothing like Falcon Wrath Reaver, cool looking art, but nothing like Nothing that's standing out to us right out. now. Yeah, like, there were some that were just like, oh, oh my god, we just we have to talk about this card. Yeah. How can we not talk about it? Although, the fact that you haven't talked about Prey Upon, which has a werewolf fighting an Eldrazi. Oh, right, yeah, so that's actually a... Uh, so, the original Prey Upon from the first Innistrad was a were probably this same werewolf fighting a human. Now it's a werewolf fighting a Eldrazi werewolf, and it's beautiful, and I love it. I just wanted to point oh, that out. Right. It also has new uh, the flavor text that mentions the drone pack. Yes. The somber world has become a hunting ground for the drone pack, the group of werewolves that have succumbed to the flesh twisting power of Emra Cool. Sorry, I hiccuped and died. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I, I, as I was scrolling, I was like, Stephen, ha there's a werewolf card that Stephen hasn't even talked about. I feel like I have to be a good human being and be like Steven, take a look at this. Thank you, I just actually forgot that that was a thing. It's even, like, similar art. Like, the drone pack werewolf is in the same position as the werewolf from the previous version. Uh, oh, so it's kind of swapped as what is the, like, the horror. Yeah, because it, it was a human being attacked by a werewolf. It, just, it reminds me of the flavor text from that, uh, which werewolf is it? The one where it's just like, uh... It's the Flameheart. It's the one that used to be the Flameheart Werewolf. It's in red. Oh, uh, the, 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 the Kessig Forgemaster? Uh, Smoldering Werewolf. Yes, the one so that we were like, oh, this was totally Kessig Forgemaster before. Yeah, the, the flavor text being, never thought I'd see the day I'd be wishing to just see a plain old werewolf. Yeah. Heck, I'd settle for anything that even resembled a werewolf after it turns into the Erupting Dreadwolf, which is which, totally a five on the scale, no question. What is it's, that? It's like... Oh, so creepy. Yeah. But I think we've really wrapped up with all the things we actually need to talk about. Yeah, and we've I think we've actually been talking for about an hour already, maybe a little more. Uh, just about, yeah. Yeah. So, we do have a couple things to talk about before we wrap up. The first of which is actually an Etsy store that I'm going to be sending you all to, because Haley's been background this entire time, has actually started producing a whole bunch of uh, magic symbol like canvas paintings so she already did one for me that i keep above my desk and is amazing that all this will be pictured in the show notes too so you can see it that is like the new phyrexius uh symbol in the art for the what's it called machine orthodoxy the white aligned guys we're all about like the weird bone metal porcelain stuff and weird meaty bits uh and then she's done simic and Selesnia ones right now. And they're going to be up at one. I'm going to make sure that the link is in the show notes so you could just click on and go straight there and not have to trust me. Uh, Dallas Denver Crafts. 
Dallas in Denver crafts. Sorry. <laughs> so, and if you do want any of the stuff that she's doing and you just don't see a symbol that is up there yet or anything similar, uh, she is taking requests. She, I think the next two you're working on are Boros and... What's the other one? Yeah, so Boros and... Uh, why can't I remember who's blue and white? It's Order. The uh, They're the guild full of judges and lawyers, and they're all assholes. Oh, the one that Jace was a part of. No, that rep- no, he was the... Um, Jace oh, was never lover. part of the guild. No, he wasn't, but he was the guild pact. He's No, no, he's the guild pact, which means he is the living thing that requires all of the guilds to not be total assholes to each other. Yeah, no, but in, in one of the stories that I was reading with him and Liliana, that that guild was a part of it, and damn yeah. it. Well, all the guilds work together fairly commonly. Um, yeah. Their mechanic was Arrest, so let me just look up that, and that should, assuming I can spell, that would help. Mm-hmm. There we go. Arrest. The Azorius, that was it. No, it wasn't Arrest. What was it even called? Detain. Their ability was Detain. <laughs> uh, the Azorius and Boros are up next, but if there's something that you want that isn't up there, you can totally uh, just commission it, basically. And just because I want to, I'm also going to throw up some of the other stuff that she's done that's just hanging around her house because it's beautiful and she does cool sweet. work. She really does. This is like this is coming from me. I really I enjoy seeing what Haley works on just because all the stuff she does is. It, technically, it's really neat and glorious, but she has like this really cool. It's all simple, but it's it's simple, but it's really cool to look at. There's a lot of effort put into like the shading, especially. Yeah. Even given like the symbols that are a symbol on a background, the background has a fairly significant amount of shading effort put like into it. Like there's there's like texture and blending, and just it's it it looks deceptively simple when you look at it, but when you study it, you really see the work that Haley put into each piece. So those are going. We're going to be showing pictures in the show notes, and then also just please feel free to actually check out the Etsy shop, which will also be yeah. linked in the show notes. Uh, please remember to also you can email us at info at nian. That's n i i a n dot net. You can also see everything that we do at nian dot net. Um, please, if you really enjoyed what you're listening to here, consider supporting us on Patreon. That is patreon dot com slash the layer, uh, sorry, slash layer of lore. <laughs> uh, all of the YouTube videos and such will also go up on layeroflore.com. Good few more of those may be coming out soon since we sort of have a real work schedule now that has days off, but we'll see. That hasn't been working out well so far, but we'll see. Um, trying to remember, if, I think that's pretty much everything. Dogs are now uh, donate to Donate to our Patreon, and you can access all of our stuff early. You can get access to the Derpy Puppy Feed, which is always gloriously derpy, and it's really awesome. Uh, you can also get access to the Extra Bits, which is the stuff before and after every podcast where we are completely uncensored and somehow stranger, if that were possible. Basically, Miriam doesn't have to pay a quarter to the swear jar whenever she swears. So, uh, Sadly, it means that I'm losing a fairly significant amount of num- money, but <laughs> but uh, yes, please feel free to actually check that out. It anything helps, and no matter what you want to give, you will get access to the derpy puppy feed. My dogs are quite dumb, so it's very silly. 
but they're so cute. <laughs> uh, and I believe that's pretty much it, except please consider also, if you don't want to support us, uh, donating to the MTG Cast Network. It is free for casters, it is free for listeners, but it is most certainly not free to run. So please consider checking that out and seeing if that is within your realm of possibility to help out. Um, I mean, There's a lot of cool stuff hosted on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're still like, saying go check out uh, the Elder Dragon Dirtle podcast. And if you're listening to us, I would honestly go say go check out Unspoken Realm. It's basically a way to listen to the official magic stories instead of having to take the time to read them. So if you're at work, just listen to them. They're really cool guys, and they seem... I think they're, they basically do one a week, and they're about a week behind, mostly on purpose. That so. way they, everything comes out on time. Yeah. Um, like, uh, they, I think they're schedu- they schedule everything to go out on Fridays or Thursdays. I, I just remember because whenever I approve their shows, it's scheduled for like a day or two after I do the approving. And I usually approve ours on Fridays, so their stuff I think comes out on Saturdays or Sundays. Oh, sweet. Um, let me see. Is there anything else? Um, stay tuned for just more fun stuff. Um, also, if you subscribe to the, uh, our Patreon... So you really, it's really fun to hear our extra bits just because we talk about everyday stuff that's going on in our lives. Also, uh, I, spent, I spent the first half of this one doing nothing except cursing about uh, Darkest Dungeon while Haley and Miriam discussed stuff. Oh, we were talking, well, we were talking about art and sheet pins and just general fun stuff. And there's lots of stories in there and other shenanigans. And like I said, completely uncensored, or like Steven said, we're completely uncensored. So it's always fun. So please just at least consider checking that out. And I think with that, we are actually going to finish now. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.